please be seated. As Travis was walking out, I was thinking, um, I like the gospel and I like crayons. But I've got some work to do this morning, so I thought that I would stick here um, with those of us in the church. It's our Stewardship Sunday, um, and I think uh, consistently the church and her clergy fail uh, on Sundays like this to give just a straightforward, transparent um, talk about what we do to raise financial resource um, into the church. And so in order to, to do that and to try to do that well, I, I want to lift the hood of this institution a bit. Just pull, pull St. John's over to the side of the road and lift the hood. And it's not my intention to reveal anything that's secret, but it's my intention uh, to bring your awareness uh, to realities that exist, that power our institution, that are usually just hidden behind the hood. In order to do that, I need to be a little self-revealing and a little transparent, and I need to direct a little bit of attention to my colleagues, my, my clergy colleagues as well. Um, so in, an interest, in the interest of transparency, I need to tell you that I am a nerd. Um, I know that some of you are thinking right now, like, that just can't be, Jimmy. You know, you have long hair, you drive a truck, all of those things are cool. But let me assure you, I am a nerd. And if you want to know how I know that fact about myself, how I have that self-understanding, I can tell you, I went to the source. I went to Wikipedia this week as I began to prepare to preach this morning. And I typed into the search engine there, nerd, you know, and I found out what Wikipedia says about nerds. And for the most part, the, the most significant defining characteristic of a nerd is someone who sits in the non-mainstream, someone who is on a side channel of life doing something eccentric or weird or strange. And what I have to say about this chosen profession of mine is that it, it is so utterly outside of the mainstream that by virtue of being a priest, I am, in fact, a nerd. Now, you saw Travis, funny, smart, lovable new guy, also a poet, right? Nerd. <laughs> Over here, we have a Harvard graduate, mother of a theater kid, nerd. <laughs> Did you know that this man who sits here in the celebrant's chair owns not one, but two accordions? <laughs> nerd. The profession of being a priest calls us out of the mainstream and into the side channel of life. And the work that we have as clergy, as priests, is to extend humanity's view, extend the view of the mainstream 
out of just the mainstream and into the side channels of life where we discover the work of God in the world that happens all the time, all around us. But for some reason, the busyness of life precludes us from recognizing it on a regular basis without intention and discipline. The work of the priest is to bless, to bring forth God's love and care and nurture in the world, to bring it so far forward that we, as a church, see it and recognize it and claim it and feel it and own it in such a way that our life becomes not just different and eccentric and strange and weird and nerdy, but more wonderful, more powerful, richer, more beautiful, better. We've heard from Dan in the pulpit this morning reading this passage from Hebrews where the preacher says, let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality from strangers because um, some who have done that have entertained angels without being conscious of that reality around them. You see the preacher, as the author of Hebrews is called, the preacher is trying to bring us to an awareness through an incredibly eccentric practice of welcoming the stranger so that we might open our minds and our hearts to the reality of God's work in the world. Now, maybe you don't think it's an eccentric practice to be a hospitable person, but what the common knowledge tells us back then and what we should know is that the preacher is echoing this beautiful story from the 18th chapter of Genesis where Abraham and Sarah are sitting under the oaks of Mamre in their camp and three strangers come into their midst and they do the opposite of what common prudence and wisdom tells us to do. They welcome these people into our midst so much so the story becomes so significant for the past and present of the expression of our faith that Rublov, the Russian iconographer, paints this scene. And if you were to look at the icon from the Christian perspective, the scene that we see is the Trinity. It's the icon of the Trinity. If you're thinking in your mind of like, oh, I think I've seen an icon of the Trinity, that's the one. That's the one that Rubloff writes. So this story, the work, the practice that Abraham and Sarah are doing is an eccentric practice because prudence tells us what? What did we, what were we told as children? What did we tell our own children? Don't talk to strangers. 
Why? Because we want to keep them safe. We want to protect them. But Abraham and Sarah step out of the mainstream into the side channel of life, trusting God's blessing that they've seen before, and they welcome these three into their midst. And when they do that, we have a broader understanding of what it means to be in relationship and in the physical presence of one another. There is something here that's happening that maybe we don't see or feel in the very first moment, and that is that our lives are being expanded and we have the potential for meeting the living Christ, for meeting the incarnate God who comes on to our threshold. And so the work of nerds like me is to bring forth this eccentric or this different way of thinking and living and seeing in the world to bring it so far forward that those of us who come into a place like this catch a glimpse. And we do it with story. And we do it with ritual. And we do it with practice. So if you read Revelations from a couple weeks ago, our church newsletter, you know that our chosen theme for the year, the theme that we're kicking off the year, our stewardship year with, is pilgrims in place. What do I mean by that? Pilgrimage is one of those early and essential practices of the Christian faith. It helps move us from the mainstream into the side channels of life when we intentionally take an adventure to displace ourselves and to perhaps encounter new things that would challenge our preconceived notions or our unconscious bias so that we might again meet God, who we know to be love in a different way, in a more meaningful way, perhaps in a way that is more obvious to us. And what I'm asking of us this year as a congregation to focus on is that that context that the pilgrim has, but for us to ironically do that here in place, trying to encourage us to think outside of the mainstream and to get into those side channels of life where our lives might be informed by the presence of God and God's care and God's nurture in the world. Easier said than done, right? If you are like me, and I suspect you are, you kind of get into a routine, right? Perhaps even, even the Tetons can become routine for those of us who live here. Those majestic and powerful mountains that fuel our hearts with power and creativity when we stand in front of them and take them in. For those of us who live here day in and day out, 
if we're not careful, that power, that beauty, that creativity, that love can become routine. The preacher in Hebrews says to us, let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Um, When you meet the prisoner, meet the prisoner as though you yourself have been imprisoned. When you meet the tortured, meet the tortured as you yourself are being tortured. The The lead there that the preacher gives us in our own language today, in the social-emotional health language that we use today, is empathic resonance. We, as people of faith, open ourselves. We open our, our minds. We open our hearts. We open our bodies even, chest out, arms open, in order to encounter the divine somewhere else. From time to time, we encounter it through the suffering of another. At other times, we do that, we encounter it through the great joy of another at a birthday party or a graduation celebration or even at the trailhead when you're high-fiving, you know, somebody who comes down from summiting Mount Moran just like my own daughter did a couple weeks ago. When we're open and when we're stepping outside of the the mainstream, we're able to see things that habit or impatience might otherwise block our view. What am I trying to leave us with on a day like today? by talking about eccentricity and practice that moves us outside of the mainstream. Another one of those practices, as it relates to Stewardship Sunday, might be generosity, right? We, we adopt a practice of generosity. We give of our resource to the church or to community entry services or to the Center for the Arts or to 122 or any number of agencies here that are helping humanity. We do something that's ill-advised, right? We're genu- generous with our resources where like practical wisdom says like, hmm, might want to hold some back for a rainy day. You know, stuff happens. But we hear the wisdom of the faith century after century calling us outside of the mainstream into these side channels, into eccentric practices so that we might engage reality in a different way. We build a church and come to this place week in and week out. We engage in a stewardship campaign not to support an institution. We engage in the work of the church from raising the funds to mopping the floors to making sure the altar is set and the organ is in tune and the kids are well cared for so that we might encounter God who we know to be love and that that encounter would make our lives richer 
and better and deeper and more creative, more full, more wonderful, that we might add more flourishing to our lives. That's the work of the church, not to perpetuate itself, but to make life better for us, those of us who are here, and that if two fingers crossed, prayers said, if we have such a deep understanding of it, if it really lands in our hearts that we've intentionally opened up, if it lands and if it sticks, then we move outside of these doors and we help other people encounter that love and that beauty and that goodness in their own lives as well. Church, I want to first say thank you for the generosity that you have shown this institution for over a hundred years. One of the things that I love most about this church, where I even allow some pride um, to come into my heart about the work that we do here, is that for some reason, and I don't exactly know why, and I've put some time into it in looking at our history, for some reason, we have remained an outwardly focused institution for nearly the entirety of our over 100-year existence. Thank you for your generosity to this place, to this community of Jackson Hole, and well beyond. And second, I want to invite you, and this will require intentionality and discipline, I want you to invite you, I want to invite you to join me, to join us, to join your fellow members of St. John's into this practice of becoming a pilgrim in place so that we might, in more obvious ways, clearer ways, more transparent ways, encounter the loving God who is at work all around us all the time. Amen.